Testament over and over where the Lord warns, there's many warnings against being influenced by a religious spirit. It's just a, it's just a, it's, a, it's just all through the New Testament. Even Peter and Barnabas, who were apostles, fell into the trap, Galatians 2, 12 through 14, fell into a trap of being influenced by a religious spirit. Even Peter and Barnabas, apostles. And Paul the apostle had to admonish Peter for allowing himself to be influenced by a religious spirit. That spirit that was in Jesus' day which, and in, in the New Testament days, which was manifested in Pharisees, they, they sort of had the greatest manifestations of religious spirit. But that spirit is still around. It's still alive. It's still well. It's still operating in the church and in many Christians' lives. And it takes on many forms. You know, it's diverse. It doesn't, doesn't come the same way. But it's in opposition to the work of the spirit. That's, that's what it's in opposition to. And even though, you know, in our society today, with all our understanding and all that we know, uh, we, that spirit's still active in our lives. And I, I will say this, if, Paul, if Peter and Barnabas could be deceived by that spirit, we need to really have an understanding of how that spirit works and be able to identify when we're being influenced by that spirit. Amen? I mean, we really need to see that. So what I've done this morning, I'm gonna, I've got a contrast I'm going to give you. I'm going I'm to contrast the religious spirit with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the purpose of my contrast is really to empower us when that religious spirit is affecting us on a personal level. I'm not talking about, mostly when they think about a religious spirit, they're talking about going into church and, you know, some religious ceremony in a church. I'm not talking about that this morning. I'm talking about me and you on a personal level, how we can know when we're being influenced by, by a spirit, a religious spirit, which is not the Holy Spirit. So are you with me? Yes. Good. Who said that? <laughs> I'm going to read these scriptures, Galatians 4, um, verse 22. It says, uh, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. Which things are symbolic? Everybody say symbolic. It's important. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem from above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear, break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was was our children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Amen. All right, first, first contrast. 
Number one, bondage versus freedom. Bondage versus freedom. Hagar, the mother of religion, gives birth to bondage. It says that real clear. Sarah, the mother of faith, gives birth to the freedom. So here, here's how this applies to your life. To the, to the degree that you are in bondage to anything, okay, anything, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be something bad like pornography, or it could be a bad eating habit. It could be a bad relationship, any type of addiction. To that degree that you have difficulties in life, there's things in your life that, are not, that you have not overcome, that you are not walking in freedom, then to that same degree you are being influenced by a religious spirit. Does that hit home? It's the truth. To that degree you're being influenced by a religious spirit. Now, here's, here's how you identify that besides just being in bondage, because a lot of people probably have an argument in their mind. Is most people who are in bondage, most people who have things in their life they can't overcome are not very happy on the inside. Isn't that right? There's a sadness in them. You see, and most people like that carry a burden in their life. Where the Bible speaks of Christianity in a completely opposite way. The Bible speaks of Christianity as righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So unhappy Christians, okay, are normally Christians who are being influenced by a religious spirit. Now, that's number one. Did you get that? Number two, principles versus promise. Everybody say principles versus promise. Religion always works on principles. Christianity works on promises. That's how it works. Principles. Here's a principle. When you want to have a baby... Okay, if you're married, you and your wife normally get together, and out of that union, a baby's produced, right? That's the principle. You know, call it the principle of reproduction. Well, that's not how Isaac was born. Abraham and Isaac got, Abraham and Sarah got real old where that principle would no longer work in their life before God would give them the child of promise. So most people, and, and the church is full of us operating on principles. We have a cause and effect mentality. If I do these things, this is what's going to happen. And if you approach your spiritual life like that, then you're being influenced by a religious spirit, just plain and simple. Because Christianity, walking in the Spirit, is not based on principles. It's based on the life of God. Are you with me? I know that's not a real proper, proper way to go about this. Right spiritual principles. We are not called to walk by right spiritual principles. You got that? We're called to walk by the Spirit. That's nowhere in the Scriptures that tell us to walk by principles. In the New Testament, it says walk by the Spirit. Okay, number three. Striving versus rest. Striving versus rest. God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah. They tried to fulfill this, this promise. And they had Ishmael. Okay? And out of Ishmael came Islam. And out of Islam comes holy war. Out of Islam comes all the problems that we got today in the Mideast. Okay? We have a bad thing. All right, now listen to this. Having a child was the right thing to do. God called them to have a child. It's the way they went about having this child. 
See, if your Christian life, if your walk with God is characterized by strife and unrest and constant effort, much effort with little results, then you've got to ask yourself some questions. And this is really what you've got to ask yourself, is where did that religious spirit get into my life at? You hear what I'm saying to you? It doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. Lots of people are doing the right thing. They were trying to do the right thing. They were trying to have a child. That was the right thing. It's just the way they went about it. You hear what I'm saying? God's called all of us to pray. God's called all of us to read the Bible. God's called all of us to worship together corporately. But you can do the right thing in the wrong way. Are you with me? And a religious spirit, if he can't get you to do the wrong thing, he's going to try to get you to do the right thing in the wrong way in your own self-efforts. Are you with me? So whenever we're, when you have, you have to ask yourself, ask yourself a hard question. Am I at rest? Am I at peace? And if you're not, you're being influenced by a religious spirit. It's the truth. All right, number four, persecution versus blessings. Religion tends to persecute people. Okay? A person walking in the spirit is going to tend to bless people. Okay, this is the old, you know the old saying, misery loves company? You ever heard that saying? So, here's something. If you suffer from this, if you suffer from anger, if you suffer from a critical attitude towards people, if you suffer from constantly judging, struggling with judging people, then you have a religious spirit influencing you. That's not a work of the Holy Spirit. Those signs point you that you've got a religious spirit influencing you. You hear what I'm saying to you? Y'all looking at me like, <laughs> why are you saying this? I'm telling you the truth this morning. I'm telling you the truth. This is where this stuff comes in. There's doors that have been opened in your life. Point number five. Outward versus inward. Religion focuses on appearance, behavior, and performance. And all those things are outward. In fact, religion is consumed with the outward. Consumed with it. Because religion appeals to the flesh. It appeals to the flesh. See, every person in this room, in your flesh, you want to please God. In your flesh, you want to prove to God you can do it. That's religion. You hear what I'm saying to you? It appeals to the flesh. This is what hypocrisy is. This is what Jesus said about You know what hypocrisy is? The literal meaning of it is actors on the stage of life. When Jesus said that, when he called uh, Pharisees hypocrites, he was saying actors on the stage of life. See, religion creates an illusion that everything is okay and that you have it together, but on the inside, everything's not okay and you don't have it together. You see the difference? See, we can come in and we can look right, we can act right, we can say all the right things and do all the right things, but inside we can be rotting. And that's what goes on with a lot of people. Inside they're rotting. And you see, the Lord really doesn't like that. The Lord really doesn't value that at all. You see, He values reality. He values the truth. He values what's really inside of you. The Spirit of God works from the inside out. Man, religion, the religious spirit works, tries to work from the outside in. We try to change people from the outside in. It just simply doesn't work. It just simply doesn't work. So you can alter a person's behavior for a time, but sooner or later, if their heart is not changed, they're going to go back and be worse. 
And that is exactly what religion will do. Have you ever had hamburger meat that you were like grilling, cook, grilling, or trying to cook up in the frying pan, and it looked fine until you started cooking it and this smell came out of it? Looked fine on the outside, everything looked fine, but you smell this thing, and we've, you know, is there something wrong with this meat? You know, go in and smell it. Everybody has to smell it to make a decision on it. Is it good or bad? You know, should we cook it or shouldn't we cook it? Should we, you shouldn't do it if it just smells. You see what's happening with your eyes. Your eyes are telling you it's okay. But your nose is telling you it's not okay. And that's really, your nose would be your best thing for spiritual discernment. And sometimes you can look at things on the outside and they look so fine. Everything looks together. But there's something that tells you this is not right. And whenever you hear that thing, it's a smell. That's the best way to describe it. A spiritual smell that you smell... Maybe not a literal smell, but that's the best way you can describe it, is how your sense of smell works. And you know something's not right. And trust me, you need to trust that thing when it says it. Because that's the Holy Spirit giving witness to something beyond what you see on the surface. I remember, this is the one good example out of my life, which I got burned greatly on. This person came into our church who had a great reputation, had you know a wonderful ministry, claimed to be apostolic, and everybody was singing his praises. And when I met him, there was something inside of me that says, this, this is messed up. And I was a very young Christian, and, but, I, but here's how I convinced, well, everybody else says he's okay. Everybody else thinks he's all right. So I must just, just you know, I, 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 I squelched that thing inside of me. Later on, I wound up getting influenced by this person, and it was one of the worst influences I ever had in my life, period. Even before I was saved, I hung around with bad people that influenced me. This person messed me up really bad spiritually. It took me a long time to get over it. It's because I smelled, it was like eating bad hamburger meat. It made me sick. Outward versus inward. Y'all with me? Turn over to Hebrews 10.1. Let's look at the, the number six. Hebrews 10.1. Shadows versus substance. Shadows versus substance. This is a really a simplistic message, isn't it? But you know what? You've got to identify this in your life. And, and the reason this is so cool, because guess what? God has been speaking to me about the Pharisee in me. He's been identifying things in me where there I'm being influenced by this religious spirit. All right, Hebrews 10.1. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come. Everybody say shadow. And not the very image of the things can never with the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. Um, Colossians 2.17 says this, speaking of the law, there are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Now think about shadows a minute. Shadows, have you ever noticed how your shadow works? Ever watched your shadow? Sometimes your shadow can, can be real long. I mean, you can shoot off the floor and go up the wall. Sometimes it can be real short. At night, your favorite shade tree, laying in your bed, the shadows cast from light, can look creepy to a person who's scared of the dark, right? It doesn't look like your favorite shade tree. It looks creepy. In other words, shadows will always mislead you. If you follow a shadow, you're not going to see the real thing. And that's the way religion is. Religion will always mislead you. And here's the truth. People who have a lot of fear in their life, Okay, who, who suffer with fear or being influenced by a religious spirit. 
That's why they have the fear, because there's a religious spirit speaking to them. There's a religious spirit influencing them, and they're not seeing the real thing. They're not seeing the substance. They're seeing the shadow of the substance, which is misleading. They see God through this perverted, unreal view. They see the love of Christ through this unreal shadow that tends to pervert who Christ is and His love. Do you see that? And, 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 and if you have fear in your life, if you're afraid of things a lot, you, you, know, you know, your kids leave, oh, they're going to get killed. You know, you know something bad is going to happen. You're constantly worrying about things that you have no control of. You are being influenced by a religious spirit. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't bring that kind of fear into a person's life. Period. And we really need to come to some reality on this stuff. All right, number seven, condemnation versus righteousness. All right, let me just read this, 2 Corinthians 3, 9. It says, For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, Paul speaking of the old covenant, the ministry of, that's what he called it, the ministry of condemnation had glory. The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. In other words, he was contrasting, he was saying the old covenant was a, was a ministry of condemnation. It is meant to condemn you. So, if you are a person who suffers from condemnation, if you have condemnation in your heart over your sins, your past failures, whatever it may be, if you're walking with condemnation, you're being influenced by a religious spirit. You got that? So anytime, if you happen to fall and stumble in your walk with God and commit a sin, and you go to the Lord and, say, and confess that sin to the Lord and say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. And, you know, I just receive your, your forgiveness, and I repent from that thing. And when you get up and walk away, and there's this nagging thought that you can't seem to get. Everybody ever had that? It's a condemnation that comes at you. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's a religious spirit coming at you, basically telling you you need to do something beyond what Christ did for you. You got that? Are you with me? That's the seven points I want to make. There's probably 700 more, but those are just personal ones. Now, let's go back to Galatians 4. Galatians 4, verse 30. Is the Lord speaking to anybody this morning? I pray He is. I pray He's coming after your religious hide. <laughs> I'm serious. Because <laughs> He has come and went after my religious hide. I want, some, I want some company in this thing. All right, let me read Galatians 4:30 one more time. Okay, I just read it just a minute ago. This is Paul speaking. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? What does it say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Shall not. In other words, this is the truth. A religious spirit and the Holy Spirit cannot coexist. Now, this is a sad statement here, but, in, but the Scripture backs it up. One is going to win out over the other. And that's the truth. If you're being influenced by a religious spirit, guess who's going to win over the Holy Spirit? I, this is the truth. The religious spirit is going to win every time. You can't have both. God doesn't lie. And the reason I say this, let's turn over and let me just read it because I know that sounds sort of anti, you know, because the Holy Spirit's all powerful. But that's 1 Corinthians 5. Let's look there this morning. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6 and 7. 
It says, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? A little leaven, a little religion ruins you. Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. In other words, what Paul was saying, if you entertain a religious spirit, if you allow a religious spirit in your life, guess what it's going to do? It's not going to just be that one little area of your life where it's going to influence you. That thing is going to expand in your life. It's going to grow in your life. And you have to make a decision. So this morning, if you're a person who has bondages or addictions of any type, if you do not allow the Holy Spirit His way in your life, that thing is going to just continually grow in you and affect other areas of your life. If you're a person who's affected by fear this morning, if you just have a fear in you, that thing's going to grow in your life and, and touch other areas of your life. You see what I'm saying? That's the leaven. It grows in you. It gets bigger. If you're a person who is so focused on how people act and how people look and their, be, and their behavior, then it's going to affect other areas of your life. You, you, you can't isolate it to that one area. Do you see what I'm saying to you? It's going to affect you. And you see what the Holy Spirit do. The Holy Spirit, he's, just going to, he's not going to barrel over this thing and have his way. He's going to have his way when we give him permission to purge religion out of our lives. To purge that spirit, to say no to that spirit. It's not just a church service where people have, you know, incense flopping around. That's not just religion. See, we're affected by religion. That's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. If you're a person, if you're strifeful, you've got a critical heart, you've got religion in your life. And that's what we need to begin to see. That's religion. It's not singing three hymns and sitting down, all that stuff. This is really, this hits home. And we, we've got to, to really begin to deal with this thing and ask the Lord to release us from the influence of a religious spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in our life. Amen? So, I'm going to pray. Things real sensitive. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord. This right, Father, I just ask you right now, Lord, um, for conviction to come on us. Lord, I ask you right now to speak to people right where they're at, Lord, in their life. Not the person next to them or the person over there or all that stuff we seem to do, Lord. But, Lord, that we would bring this thing home today and begin to realize how much we have been influenced by religion, Lord, and by a religious spirit. Holy Spirit, just speak to them right now. I'm not asking you to speak. I'm asking you to convict. Lord, show us how to purge out the, the leaven, hypocrisy in our life, Lord. Lord, even this morning as we confess our religious hearts and our religious attitudes to you, Lord, I just pray you cleanse us, Lord. Lord, we, we want to resist, the Bible says, to resist the devil and he'll flee. Lord, we just want to resist those tendencies in us where we tend to be religious, where we tend to go that way. And Lord, we just want to make a fresh uh, start with you this morning, a fresh submission to the Holy Spirit. A fresh submission to the Holy Spirit.
I'm going to ask a question. Anybody feel like the Lord spoke to them about religious spirit? Would you raise your hand? You know, would you be willing to come over here and get before the Lord? I mean, I believe the Lord wants to really set some people free. And just get on your face and say, Lord, I just want to be set free from this. I don't want to be this way no more. Would you be willing to do that? If you would, come on right now. Just get on your knees before the Lord and really say to the Lord, you know, I've been influenced by another spirit that's not your Holy Spirit. And just ask Him. Just ask Him. If you want to get set free, Now, this, Jesus said this real clear. I think he said it in Luke 12, 1. The leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. The leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. It's acting. It's not being real with God. It's not being true with God. It's trying to show yourself to be something that you're really not. That's really what religion comes all the way comes down to. And if you've been influenced... If you have any of these areas that I spoke to you this morning or anything else that the Lord would bring to your heart, you know, you're an actor on the stage of life. And the Lord wants to set us free from it. And the only way to get a church free from religion is get the people in the church free from religion. That's the only way. You can't cast a a spirit out of a church unless you deal with the spirit that's operating in, in the people because the people make up the church. So let's just spend just a few moments praying and asking the Lord, really, just sincerely crying out to the Lord. And I believe, okay, let me just read this to you. See, that song we sang this morning about we need the Holy, I need the Holy Spirit more than ever, it's really what we need this morning is the Holy Spirit. But listen to this. Uh, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How much more? So when we ask for the Holy Spirit, we can be sure that God's not going to give us something demonic. You know, that's the, the uh, scorpion and the, and the serpent. Those are demonic representations. So if we ask the Lord, Lord, we ask you for the Holy Spirit right now to come into my life and touch me and speak to me. And no matter what happens in your life at that moment, you can trust it is the Holy Spirit based on that scripture. You hear what I'm saying to you? Lord, we ask you right now for the Holy Spirit to come right now on every person in this room. Especially these that are up front here just really wanting to get free from religion, Lord. Just ask you to come on them right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Lord. And every person in this room, as they sit there, Lord, as you probe their hearts, Lord, just free us this morning. Lord. We ask you to free us from the spirit of religion. Just bring us into the fullness of the spirit of God. Walking in your spirit, Jesus. Holy.
Lead me to the cross where we first met. Draw me to my knees so we can talk. Let me feel your breath. Let me know you're here. 